Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Health and Liftness, a health and fitness podcast brought to you by Highland News and Media. I'm your host Andy Dixon and alongside me is co-host and rugby player Federica Stefani. We've also got our regular expert panellists Steve Walsh and Jack Gunn with us. Steve is a weightlifter and boss of High Life Highland. Jack is an award-winning bodybuilder and co-owner of the Forge Gym in Inverness. Uh, before we dig into this week's topic, I've got to take a moment to praise Steve and his team at High Life Island. The summer activities for the youngsters are great during the school holidays. Steve, my two have been back swimming this week and they're loving every second. Um, how important is it for you to be offering this sort of stuff for, for families during the summer? Oh, well, thanks for that. <laughs> um, yeah, really important, especially, I, I think there's been lots of research about how lockdown really impact, adversely impacted mental health of, of young people so um yeah really really happy that we can put on our our schools out summer program and there's some additional programs as well that, that's been run by by scottish government that complement it but which is great because we're always we're always fully booked as, as you probably know trying to get get a slot is really difficult but try to accommodate as many as many as possible and we've got i think thirty four thousand bookable activities over the summer so it's a massive program and uh, yeah I, I think this summer especially it's never been more important Andy. I know the the council um, was sort of back in this sort of summer of hope initiative I think it's called are you guys involved with that because obviously it's something that you know we, we all would love a bit of hope after after what we've been going through the last few months. Yeah very much part of that so I think the the, the council commissioned lots of partner organisations to put additional activities on for, for young people. So I think it gives something extra this summer. I, I guess from a high-life perspective, what we need to ensure is that it's just, it's a sustainable model that we've got. So Summer of Hope is fantastic. We've got to make sure that school's out and our programme's there next year um, and, and into the future. But yeah, Summer of Hope should be grand. I'm sure a lot of parents like me will be really pleased with what you guys are doing, so let's hope it continues. Um, this week we're talking a bit more about social media. Um, we've, we've mentioned this in the past, but it's it's quite a big topic, so love it or hate it, it looks like it'll be with us for a while. Um, but what are the pros and cons when it comes to health and fitness? Um, Jack and Fed, I know you guys have discussed this before, stuff that we've done in the paper and um, Federico maybe you could uh, just remind us a little bit about what that was about and then Jack maybe you could jump in and tell us what social media is like for for you because I know you use it quite a bit um, with videos and photos and such. Sure yeah um, earlier this year we did an anti-trolling campaign with the paper and uh, uh, it was called No Rolls for Trolls and Jack uh, kindly offered his uh, perspective on it. Uh, mostly it was about um, how social media can be um, let's say detrimental to mental health as well and especially um, in a case like people working within the fitness industry or as Jack doing bodybuilding and putting their image out how you can get many people that are commenting out of sheer will to probably uh, cause an emotion or cause just friction um, so the trolls um, as we mentioned and uh, this is really a big issue for people, uh, men and women alike. I think that in in many ways, women bodies are always a bit more on the front line when it comes to criticism and uh, social um, social restrictions and social issues. But um, 
like with men as well, like with social media, you, 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 we are out there and we have sort of either these uh, perfect uh, bodies and role models that we need to, we need to sort of uh, be like and we aspire to be. And sometimes this can cause a lot of issues in terms of mental health. But on the other side, social media are also like a great place for people who are promoting, at least in the last few years, I think, uh, promoting a healthier way of living their like your own body and actually putting out, um, I think, images that are not filtered like the ones that we saw on the magazines or on the mainstream media tabloids and in general, it's a Hollywood type of bodies. Uh, we can actually see a lot more people that aspire um, and uh, inspire more than aspire, but inspire with their just being themselves and being comfortable with their own bodies or trying to and actually showing that flaws are not flaws. They're just being normal. So that's I think that's really important in the fitness world as well. Uh, uh, what's what's your experience again, Jack? Um, so, yeah, I mean, personally, mine's been mostly positive, but I am very conscious that people have kind of, uh, you know, experienced the negative side of social media, um, which is why I did that that little session with yourself, um, because I would hate to hate to hear of anybody being put off taking part in a sport because of something that's happened or been said on social media. But I think it's a it's a double edged sword, um, especially in the sense. I mean, for me, it's brought me a lot of opportunity. I've, I've met a lot of my friends through it in the bodybuilding circle. I've gained a sponsorship out of it. It's a good marketing tool for the gym, for coaching. It helps me share sport of bodybuilding with other people and potentially get other people involved and bash ideas off other people as well. But <clears throat> I mean, I think, like you say, what you then do is you do open yourself up to, to criticism and skepticism as well. It's an open platform um, and it's uh, sometimes it's not always as positive. Um, but I guess it's, um, it, for me, I've got pretty thick skin, so it's, there's always going to be, out of 10 people, one person that's got something bad to say, and I kind of let it go over my shoulder, but I'm conscious that there is people who, you know, would take that to heart and they would potentially, you know, kind of back off out of the sport, and that would be a shame to see. But, yeah, I mean, it's, like Andy said, it's it's, it's part and parcel of life now, and it's not going away. I mean, can you can you really imagine a world without Facebook and Instagram? It would be like, it would be chaos. So, I mean, it's, it's here to stay. So, I mean, I guess, like, yeah, it's, I think, like I said, it's a double-edged sword. My experience is mostly positive. Um, but from a sporting perspective, I mean, like, the, the networking capacity that, that it brings is brilliant. Like, like I said, I've gained a sponsorship off the back of it. So um, but that, that's my personal experience. I'm wondering one thing, because um, one thing that I think is important to talk about, of course, is also men's mental health and the fact that sometimes men are told to Again, man up, just bottle everything, not uh, not sharing anything. And um, sometimes maybe, uh, probably wrongly, maybe in the gym environment can be seen as one or, I don't know, you have to be sort of, uh, um, you ha maybe you have to have a tough skin, but isn't it, is it something that's maybe through social media you can also uh, sort of, despite encountering a bit more um, sort of criticism, of course, but also a place where people can show that being a bit more vulnerable, being um, opening up and being actually a bit more vulnerable is, is a good thing. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to the intent, I suppose. I mean, there, there's constructive feedback and then there's kind of like outright abuse. So somebody coming to me and saying, oh, Jack, like your, your back's kind of lacking a bit. You could, you really should train that a bit more. That, that, fair enough, that's kind of, that's positive feedback. But maybe somebody else could, could really take that to heart and they could end up like just giving up. I don't know, like, but I, I'm conscious that there are people who take, who take things um, a lot more to heart than others. And, um, you know, it's, like I said, it's all about intent. But I think one, yeah, I can think of so many examples, but I wouldn't know where to start. But, but I'm just very fortunate that I've not really seen the nasty side of it. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have experienced that or seen that, but I, I think it's lucky that I've not seen it yet. I know that, obviously, like you say, there is, there is the obviously, the positive sides to it and all this. And, I mean, I see your videos and they really sort of help people because you can see the different techniques and you can see that from other um, sort of fitness platforms as well. You know, men and women put these videos out there and I think they're quite useful and that's some, some of the positives that you can get from the social media environment as well. And I think you can sort of follow these, these groups and um, really sort of pick up hints and tips and almost be a magpie i know you guys have said that you know there's nothing like having a coach out there but i think just sort of seeing little bits and pieces and there are coaches that do bits and pieces on social media as well you can get a little bit of a flavor of what it would be like to have a coach as well by watching these guys and sort of listening to some of the the platforms are there any um Guys, you know, if you if I was to sort of put you on the spot, Jack, and ask you sort of the top three sort of accounts you look at on Instagram, what, what would they be? Yeah, well, I mean, so, like, what you've just kind of hit the nail on the head with what you've said. So, like, wait, wait, yes, like, I advocate a coach in, in kind of every in every environment, but I think being being a realist, a coach doesn't come free, and they're not off, often cheap. And I'm conscious that, you know, we're just off the back of a pandemic. People are potentially at work. And the last thing they're doing is thinking about paying a hundred plus pound a month for a coach. So there, there are like some really valuable pages on, believe it or not, Facebook, where it's groups with 20, 10, 20,000 people. And they're asking questions, they're pitching in ideas, sharing training videos. And you can go back and search in basically an archive of these posts. And it's, it's a really useful tool and it's obviously totally free of charge. But I mean, personally, the, the top accounts I follow would be my coach, Ben Chow. Um, one of the probably the top bodybuilders in the UK, um, Jordan Peters. Um, he's, he's got an app called Train by JP, uh, and it's essentially it's a, it's about six ninety nine, seven ninety nine a month. And if basically, if you say for example you couldn't afford to pay one hundred fifty pound a month for a coach, you could pay for this this forum. And there's all these professional athletes kind of feed into this forum. And they answer questions and they do logs and stuff, and it's a really useful tool. Um, and I guess probably probably my favourite would be James Hollingshead. He's probably the biggest kind of up-and-coming bodybuilder in the UK scene right now. But I, I like James's content because he posts a lot of real talk and a lot of training videos as well. Everything's raw footage. You know, if he if he fails something, he's happy to hold his hands up and say he's failed. It's not all kind of sugar-coated glory. You see the bad with the good sort of thing. So, like, I, I admire that kind of transparency. Um, and it creates it creates a real kind of... A realistic track for me to to follow and to emulate you know so but yeah that would be my three what what's your take on this steve i mean social media in general obviously but also sort of the the, 
the way that maybe High Life Island have approached it during the lockdown. I know that there was sort of group activities and stuff like that shared and, and, and stuff on Facebook. I think a lot of people sort of interacted and that helped keep them a little bit fit, I guess, while, while being at home. Yeah, um, yeah, we, we certainly tried to diversify and, and um, put as much as we could online right across all the services. So not just not just leisure and, and you know, and gym and training, but but other things to keep people occupied through archives and libraries, and, you know, and everything else. Because that that obviously that's really important for mental health too. I mean, I was it was interesting what Jack said about you know the marketing and comms side, and I think sometimes it's difficult to so if you're in a position like we are and a sort of leadership position, you've got the you've got the corporate side of your 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 social media, and you've got your personal things, and and I found it's impossible to separate the two. So I need to be much more corporate in my own personal social media because clearly the reputation of the organisation is is uppermost. So that's that's a wee challenge there that you always have to be. You would be anyway, but I think more careful about what what you're posting and um and I've got young girls as well. You know I've got three daughters and you know the the, the phrases they use even now it's moved on so much. They talk about pat you get patched or you get pied. That's if somebody doesn't respond to your you know, one of your messages and things. and they, But you know what? I mean, we're all laughing on screen now. They really worry about that stuff. You know, and that, that really affects them. So I think the slightest thing for young people now on social media can have an adverse effect on, on their mental health. And, and we all need to watch it and, and I kind of watch our own behaviours and, you know, try, try to sort of, um, you know, and it's not about controlling things, but it's just providing support and, and sharing knowledge and making sure that, that everybody is protected and understands um you know understands how to deal with these things because it can lead to adverse mental health and I, my only point on that would be you know from my background you know in the military lots and lots of people struggle especially when they leave and social media can be both a real bonus and a fixer but it can also be dreadful and it can really impact people and it can push them potentially over the edge so it's just about being responsible, isn't it, and, and taking a great great deal of care. I mean, I won't go into sites that I I, <laughs> I follow, but it's the same in weightlifting. You know, in any sport, there, there's some really great role models out there like Jack, that that you know can can absolutely just give people the edge. Because if you follow someone and they're they're providing free, especially free. Um, advice and guidance there's so much out there online that you can benefit from like it's been so much more important to have resources that are out with other um out with the usual channels and uh personally i've really found help in like um i think it was jade conkill's um exercises uh and other rugby uh rugby related um accounts where they provided some training which was not this not uh, specifically rugby related but it was a workout that could work for rugby players but it's just the fact that for especially now everything has shifted so much on social media because we couldn't see everyone outside of it um so it's even more important to i think it's sped up things even more in, in the fact that our lives are even more codependent with social media but also we are also learning how to use them. It's a, such a quick, uh, fast revolution that has happened. And we still need to learn how to use the tools that we have without um, 
without like creating the issues that they are creating now. I was going to jump in and tell you something, right? So I don't know if you guys know this, but on Instagram, I don't know if it's on Facebook as well, but there's a tool on Instagram that can tell you your, your exposure time. So the amount of time you've actually spent on the app in that week or across a day or whatever, your average time. And we, we could all sit here and probably take a wild guess at how much time we actually spend on it. But I can guarantee you when you go and check this number, it'll be four or five times what you think it is. It's absolutely insane. So I got this I got this app over lockdown. I can't remember the name of it. I'll need to find out. But it, it essentially caps your, it's like, a, it's like a curfew on social media. And it gives you like 15 minutes of this app a day and 15 minutes of this one. And it was brilliant. It was really good. I'm like, I, I, I personally felt 10 times better for it. And I mean, I'm sure it's something you don't actually need an app for. You could do it off your own back. But I, I would advocate anybody to look at that figure and it will shock you. See, I, uh, it's interesting. I, I, I know what you said before about, um, you know, world would be a cha- chaos without social media because it's here to stay. And I know I said that myself, sort of love it or hate it. But guys like me and Steve will remember a world before social media. And I think some people listening might think, well... Maybe it wouldn't be so bad if they did just switch off social media completely. <laughs> Let's go back to the old days. <laughs> You're too young to even know about that, Jack. <laughs> uh, I think I came into it when, when Bebo, Bebo was a is, thing. Is Bebo That's still a thing? I don't even know. <laughs> Not anymore. Not as long ago. Uh, MySpace is in the gym. That's where MySpace is. Um, okay, so every episode we uh, end on a question from a listener, and uh, this week's comes from Colin. He simply wants to know how much, uh, sorry, how important cardio is to losing weight, um, because he's seen videos online claiming they'd be better off doing weights instead of doing cardio for an hour. Um, Jack, what's your take on this? Do you do a lot of cardio, or is it better to do weight training instead? Well, I would say that I would say that the two work synergistically, and they kind of they have the same impact just through a different a, a different path. So, I mean, with with resistance training, the kind of the yeah, there's a calorific burn as you're training, but also your your body is going to use calories in the repair process of building that tissue back that you've damaged in the gym. Um, with cardio, that tends to be there then on the spot. Obviously, with cardio, it's it's easier to um, to, to elevate your heart rate um, to that point. Um, but I mean, I guess like I, through the off season, I use, I use cardio. Um, all I do is when I jump into a prep, I just um, I increase it. So, but yeah, no, I, I think they're, they're, I'd say do them both. Find a good balance between the two. I don't know how to follow that big word that Jack used there. <laughs> Synergistically, that was a belter. No, I, I, I mean, it's just a personal thing, isn't it? But I, I do think the older you get, the more important getting your heart going is. I mean, that that's kind of almost, and, and obviously the the less fit you are, the, the, you know, the more important it is just to keep that, that cardio training going um, to keep you fit and healthy. So, but you can do that through weights, right? So we, we all know that we can raise and lower our heart rate through, through you know, weight training as well. Um, so, so I, I, I think that synergistic word is a really good one. I would say maybe complementary. You know, I don't think there's any right and wrong, and I, and I definitely think that. Um, um, I, can't, I can't remember what the question was exactly from, Colin, but um, just just claiming you'd be better off just doing weights. I don't think there's anyone here. Certainly, I don't think Jack would say that. I wouldn't say that. 
just um, a nice healthy balance. But if you want to, if you want to be a good weightlifter or you want to be a really good bodybuilder, clearly you'll be doing more weights than you will cardio. Um, but if you want to be an Olympic 800 meter runner, you're going to be on the track a lot more than out running. But it's just finding the right mix for you. I'm trying to think, like for people who are, I know people that absolutely hate uh, cardio. As the difference in, in rugby is the difference between the forwards and and the backs usually, but uh, like, do you have any sort of like activities that can kind of like be sort of a cheat cardio um, or something that someone that just hates running, for instance, can do that is a bit more fun or any any recommendation for those who are not into cardio that can that they can do to actually incorporate some cardio in a way that is not absolutely just uh, killing their mood off. Oh, we're, we're so lucky that we live in the, we live where we live and we've got like all this like beautiful scenery on our doorstep. And I mean, over lockdown, my cardio, I had four, 40 minutes, four or five days a week. And I would just disappear and I was going up like Ord Hill, out to Doors Beach, like all these different places. And instead of just walking on a treadmill, you know what I mean? You're out like, seen the country and I, I i enjoyed that if not you've got the the raining stairs from the town center you could just go there on a saturday night and run up and down that'll probably get your heart rate up <laughs> on a saturday night that's... <laughs> maybe not a saturday night yeah. um jack when i was sort of um looking at this question and i was doing a bit of research i, I saw there's a bit of conflict out there in terms of whether it's better to do the cardio if if you're doing it as part of your sort of gym routine, whether to do the cardio at the beginning or at the end, what's your sort of take on that? Because I mean, some places they were sort of saying it's a good warm up, but then at the end you're kind of all loose and you can get maybe a little bit more out of it. Well, pers- personally, I would do my cardio immediately before I train. I mean, I quite like some some mornings I'll go down, do my cardio, come home go through my whole day and then go back down in the evening and train. If not, my alternative to that is to then train and then immediately afterwards do my cardio. I think because for me personally, the the resistance session with weights in the gym, that that takes priority over the cardio session. I mean, cardio is cardio in essence for me. So it's just less, less training. So I'm just walking at a steady pace on a treadmill. Um, so I'd rather not let that kind of compromise my actual training session which is why I do it after. But some people like to do it fasted first thing in the morning. Some people, it sets them up for the day. They feel pretty good after it. Me, personally, I'd, I'd probably pass out if I went a walk before I ate. But yeah, like some people enjoy it. So yeah, it's whatever suits you, whatever you feel good with. And Steve, do you factor it into to your gym? I know you sort of go down for your, for your weightlifting and stuff. Is cardio a feature on your programme? Yeah, I try and a bit like Jack. Recently, I've been doing an awful lot of walking, and um, and I found walking and so I've been having work meetings, out walking, grabbing a coffee, and that's been it's a really good way to have a meeting, you know. And instead of instead of sitting on this, just meeting someone and, and and maybe setting up a couple of meetings down by the river. So that that's been a really cool way of getting cardio done and getting work done at the same time. Genuinely. I think that's the future. It is for me, yeah. although it cost me a fortune in coffee. But you know, it's, it's a good way to do your cardio. But I, I can't do, I can't do cardio and then train. And that's a bit of age and a bit of you know some of the things that I carry injuries and stuff. I've got to do my get my session done, 
and then I'll do the cardio maybe after the session or or the day after. But try not to make it laborious. Try to make it enjoyable. And I, and I I've never been a walker, but I really enjoy going out and doing because it takes my mind off the fact that I'm actually doing something that's good for me. Because I'm there's lots of different benefits. I'm getting my work done. I'm out for a good walk that's healthy. It's getting me out of the house and it's good for my mental health. I mean, fantastic, right? I think commuting as well can be good for cardio. You know, I mean, we're all encouraged to, to maybe try and leave the cars behind and sort of jump on our bikes or, or walk or whatever. I mean, I cycle to work every day. So, you know, that's another way of doing it. So basically in terms of um, sort of doing the weights instead of the cardio, we think that the cardio is just as important. So uh, I think it's uh, about there that we should wrap it up. And uh, if you like our podcast, Highland News and Media has a couple more. We've got the weekly sports podcast called Balls and Whistles and the monthly Active Outdoors podcast. Um, if you want to get involved with our podcast, then you can send your questions and suggestions to health at hnmedia.co.uk. And you've been listening to Health and Liftness. If you like it, leave a like and share it with your friends. <laughs> <laughs>